You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that Well, they say that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's true in my family. Um, the teenagers in my family have always loved comedy, particularly uh, comedy music and stuff. And um, my father, when he was growing up in the 1950s, used to listen to, let's see if these names ring a bell with anyone, they didn't, no one in the first service, but Spike Jones. anybody remember Spike Jones, the Fierce Face? And, um, and Homer and Jethro. Uh, so, and I got to listen to those. My dad had all the 45s, so we listened to those when we were growing up. But when I got to be a teenager in the 80s, it was updated to Dr. Demento. Every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, you tuned in, and Dr. Demento would run down all the new parody songs that were out and things like this. My t- children have YouTube. <laughs> Let's just say there's a diversity of things available on YouTube. <laughs> My kids are pretty good at self-regulating in that regard. But everyone, they'll find things, though, that are quite funny. And every once in a while, I'll hear this raucous laughter from the other room. And, Dad, Dad, come in here. you got to hear this. Well, they were running a countdown the other day of, of the top ten goofy things that retail clerks had ever seen. I'm guessing because it's the holidays and all the shopping going on. But um, the, the, the story they wanted me to hear was this, this person came in to a, a, a fast food restaurant uh, and ordered. And, and she comes up and she says to the guy taking the orders, says, um, you know, I want a hamburger with cheese. So he rings up cheeseburger. That's what pops up on the little screen. And she says, young man, I said, I want a hamburger with cheese. And he said, well, ma'am, uh, uh, a cheeseburger is a hamburger with cheese. And that's why I rang it up that day. And she said, young man, you're not listening to me. I don't want a cheeseburger. I want a hamburger with cheese. <laughs> and he said, ma'am, but if I ring it up as a hamburger and hit add cheese, it adds 20 cents to the to the." to the burger and it's only 10 cents more for a cheeseburger. She said, young man, do I have to call your manager? I want a hamburger with cheese. (laughs) So the young man shrugged his shoulders and rang it up as a hamburger with cheese <laughs> and apparently sent the story in to these people <laughs> to, to tell on radio. Um, you know, we nothing really does change. We want what we want when we want it, even when it's not the best thing for us. We want it our way. And this is kind of the heart of Jesus' complaint this morning about the Pharisees and the lawyers. They want what they want. No matter what he does, he can't make them happy. God can't make them happy. He lines out the difference between himself and John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes, and he comes not drinking and not eating bread, 
he's eating locusts and honey, right? I mean, he's, he's going slow. And, and they say, look, he's got a demon. Well, why does he have a demon? Well, because he's calling the Pharisees and the lawyers on the carpet, right? You may not be aware of this. This may be, this, this may be untrue to your experience. But a lot of times, the most religiously observant people don't like to be told that they're the ones out of line with God. <laughs> So they're willing, they, they think he's got a demon because, well, he's calling them on the carpet and calling them to repent along with everyone else. Jesus they have the opposite problem with. He's come and now he's eating and drinking. In fact, he's hanging out with a lot of people who love to eat and drink. Mary Douglas, an anthropologist, has done a tremendous amount of work studying the way um, sharing food with people serves as a boundary marker in almost every culture. Every culture, you eat with your friends, not with your enemies. And so it's a sign of alliance and a sign that you're connecting with people and, and calling them over to, that you're aligning yourself with them. The Christian practice of inviting to the table those we disagree with is the countercultural perspective. So they are, they're accusing Jesus. When Jesus came, if he knew any better, these good religious people are saying, he would know you don't eat with those kind of people. You eat with people like us. <laughs> he went to the wrong group. So, well, he's a glutton. He's a drunkard. No matter what he, God does, he can't make them happy. And there's nothing new under the sun. It really is true that the more things change, the more they stay the same. See, good religious people sometimes, whether they be on the right or the left, and you hear a lot about the Christian right in the news, but there's also a Christian left. I even have books that say, how do we reinvigorate the Christian left and stuff like this. Good, observant, moralistic people always have the same agenda to get you to do certain things. And the main thing they want you to do is whatever they're doing. And the main thing they're doing is paying attention to themselves, to their own efforts at holiness. And they look at Jesus and they say, well, yeah, sure. I mean, he does say to them, go now and sin no more. But he acts like them getting right with God is as easy as them coming to him. Certainly, God has instructions for us in his word, But we don't obey those instructions in order to become righteous. We come to Christ. And we don't focus on our righteousness. We focus on His righteousness. We focus on His goodness. We trust in Him alone. And so, to be told that the way to God is to repent, to come back to Him, and for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven... Go now and sin no more. That's preaching the gospel. Everything else turns us back to our own obedience, which condemns us because our obedience is kind of lousy. Good religious people always have a program. If, you're, if it's the Christian right, it might be fasting. If it's the Christian left, it might be an uh, awareness seminar or something. But everyone's got a program for you. And that program never involves just come to Jesus. Because that's the gospel. Trust his righteousness. Repent of trusting in your own and come to him.
Because here's the reality. Everyone wants to call the tune for Jesus and they're upset that He won't dance to it. We piped a song and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you didn't mourn. Everyone had a program for Jesus. Jesus, the funny thing about Him is He insists on calling the tune Himself. He is going to pipe the tune. If it's time to dance, He's going to tell us to dance. If it's time to mourn, He's going to tell us to mourn. And He's going to do it through His unchanging Word, which through the power of the Holy Spirit becomes His living voice to us. It's important. It's very important to listen to the voice of the person calling the tune. I discovered this when I was younger. A couple of years ago, I had the privilege of um, burying a gentleman. um, And prior to that, we were, of course, sharing stories and talking. And he told me about the story of back in the days when this was a much more rural area, how he had met his wife of 61 years at a square dance. (laughs) And how he had walked two miles to get to that square dance because he knew she was going to be there. This came as a surprise to me because I thought the square dancing was invented to torture fifth graders. <laughs> In fifth grade, um, we all got to go spend a week at Camp Hebron uh, at the end of the school year. So the big night of the week at Camp Hebron was the square dance. And so gym class for that whole year was teaching a bunch of fifth graders how to alamond left and do si do and, and uh, you know, how to, was it, promenade, promenade your partner and all that stuff, all those moves. Well, um, uh, you've no idea how much anxiety it creates for a fifth grade boy to have to touch the hand of a girl. <laughs> And in particular, Doris. (laughs) I was not the only guy in the class with a crush on her, but I was the only guy I was concerned about. (laughs) And all year long, as we did our practicing, um, fortunately, Doris never ended up in my square. (laughs) Oh, but Thursday night at camp. All of a sudden, I look, and they rearrange the squares, and there she is. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And my, I'm sure my palms are sweating, and I'm freaking out. This is, the, this is the, the height of eroticism to a fifth grader. And I'm like, I'm going to have to touch her. I'm going to have to touch her. Oh, my goodness. Ah! And so we're dancing, and we're doing, we're doing the and the And the guy's calling the dance, and pretty soon, I'm in my own head. And I'm worried about making a misstep. And I'm watching very carefully where Doris is on the square. And I don't remember what the call was because I was so much into my own head. But I was supposed to turn and grab the hand of the girl to my right. And instead I went, because I was thinking about her and she was to my left, I went, boom! (laughs) Head to head, face to face. Our lips hit, but it wasn't a kiss. (laughs) It was the worst possible scenario to me. All because I was in my own head and not listening to the voice of the guy calling the tune. And this is what happens to us 
when we focus on our own righteousness instead of trusting in the righteousness of Christ, repenting of our sins, let Him him give us the instructions we need to go forward through His Word. And we should take great, great hope from the fact that that Jesus lavishes all this praise on John the Baptist at precisely the moment it seems that John is having doubts. I mean, he's in prison. He's likely going to be executed. And he sends, because he can't come to Jesus personally, sends his messengers and says, um, by the way, are you the one? Or am I stuck in jail for no reason, basically? Even in the midst of this crisis... Even in the midst of his doubts, he turns not to his own righteousness, but to Christ for an answer. And in the midst of this life, which can be so difficult, and in which we can have so many doubts, so many questions, so many fears, we are called to return again and again to him, who is the author of all righteousness, and in whose righteousness alone we can trust. That's the reason for Christians' profound joy that we hear about from Philippians, even in the midst of dire circumstances. Our pink candle uh, means gaudete, it means joy or rejoice. It's rejoice Sunday. Our rejoicing comes in the fact that His righteousness is sufficient, His forgiveness is all we need, His leading we can trust. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you gave us your Son, that He, the Word become flesh, might speak to us in a way that we could never misunderstand, that He could call us, that He could equip us, that He could continue to lead us through His Word. Bless us, O Lord, that we may turn ever to that Word for renewal not only of our faith, but of our minds, that we may better obey You, that we may know that although not all things in this world are good, that You are not the author of evil, but that You can take that which is evil and turn it to our good. As you say in Romans 8.28, strengthen us and bless us to believe this and to return to you, looking ever for your coming with joy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Be thou my best thought in the day and